Your clothes need a detergent as active as you are. Wynn's sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from your workout wearer so it feels, and perhaps more importantly, smells fresh as new. Save 20% off any Wynn products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell coming to you from, uh, gosh, end of February. Are we at the end of February yet? No, we, not yet. We are, we are at the end of February. We are almost about to go to Hilton Head Island for our quote unquote spring retreat. I know. And it's so exciting because it's over February 29th. I'm really, ex- something's going to happen on that date. Not like Y2K, but like something very special and magical. So if you're joining us there, let's, let's remember to keep our eyes out on the 29th of February. I predict that three women and three men are going to qualify for the Olympic marathon. <laughs> wow, Sarah, you're clairvoyant. I am. I am. I'm going to hang out my psychic shingle. <laughs> and we just came back from Rancho La Puerta, south of the border in Baja. We are retreating fiends right now. How lucky are we? Oh, so lucky. Oh my goodness. It felt so good to have some vitamin D directly being absorbed into my skin. Yeah. Yeah. That sun, you know, it's a, it's a bright orange orb, yellow orb. Got to <laughs> yeah. move to Colorado or somewhere else to see it more regularly yeah. than Portland. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful sunny day here as we record this, but something about the, you know, the further south you go, the greater the intensity, obviously, as you something the equator. I, I was going to say, that's a geography lesson that I maybe paid attention to. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So um, yes. And I really also like flying south because then the days are longer but boy it is noticeable that the days are getting longer here in portland good good yeah yeah i can't say that i've noticed it yet um (laughs) but i'm coming home i mean so so uh just coming home from a volleyball tournament in kansas city and i have to give a shout out to the weston weston chain of hotels Mm. omg best gyms ever best hotel gyms ever i mean yeah did you not know did you know that or isn't that the one where they, I think some Westons will bring a treadmill to your room. Yeah. Well, they definitely have a very, yes, th- there probably are some and they have mm-hmm. like an exercise channel. They'll loan you workout gear. I mean, and this mm-hmm. was in Kansas city. So they um, had a um, cardio room or kind of a cardio alley, but I mean, mm-hmm. so many things probably, oh. gosh, eight or nine treadmills, probably five or six bikes, including two Pelotons, wow. um, a bunch of ellipticals, a rower. Um, and then there's this whole strength room that is, I mean, comparable to any gym, you know, TRX, kettlebells, um, you know, more like the Nautilus machines, free mm-hmm. weights, benches, Bozu. I mean, anything, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. really, and it, gosh, it makes such a difference when you have, I mean, I, I have, we both have worked out in many, uh, you know, postage stamp size um, workout room, but yes. it makes such a difference when you can get in what feels like a really fun full workout. I bet you were like, I should film a train like a mother glove video here. <laughs> I, know, I know. Well, and I was going to take a picture, but it was like all these other volleyball parents around and stuff. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to, I'm just going to just record it on the podcast. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, I mean, so especially coming from Rancho La Puerta where, I mean, you know, the facilities are just top notch. Mm. I mean, the pool and the Mm-hmm. workout rooms and all the equipment and the teachers, oh, the of course, instructors, the instructors, instructors make such oh, a difference. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, I mean, talk about top notch. I mean, they, they just, I feel like they just have the creme de la creme 
and such enthusiasm and deep knowledge and you know like that pilates for runners i think it, it kind of just got sprung on her and she's like oh, okay you know we'll be doing this this and this i mean what an amazing class that was yes yes oh. a little challenging but amazing yes it was it was very challenging but but you know i don't know it just in a good way Oh my goodness, in such a good way. And then, oh my goodness, I was just in heaven with those dance-inspired classes. And oh, my yes. goodness, the, bring on the funk in that one class. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, we did. That's so. The last year we did a striptease group class, and this year we ended up doing like kind of a funk and groove group class. And I gotta say, I mean, you know, endurance athletes, I, I love everybody, and you can tell we had a couple gymnasts um, in the AMR crowd, so they kind of got the moves. And the rest of us really get points for trying hard, <laughs> for 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 um for effort. We get we get an A for effort. Maybe not so much for rhythm or you know actual technicality. Hey, it's like a karaoke at our retreats. Enthusiasm goes a long way. It does. It does. It does. And not being embarrassed of yourself, you know. And oh my goodness, it's like high school. Everybody is so busy being concerned about themselves, they're not looking at you, people. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I mean, if I had even taken my eyes off the instructor for a second to try to look at myself in the mirror, forget about it. I was just like, I am looking at Manuel and trying to do what he's doing. Try, yes. <laughs> trying. Yes. Trying. Yes. I was definitely, I, I was kind of watching the feet in front of me. One woman, I can't remember who it was in front of me. It was, it was one of our runners kind of had her feet. She, 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 she had it going on so I could kind of watch her, but yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's see who's got it going on today with some questions. This is from Kathleen in the Florida Panhandle. Hey, this is Kathleen from the beautiful Florida Panhandle. I'm currently on a marathon training program for our March 1st marathon. Over the next few weeks, I'm registered for a couple of races that I do each year. The first one is a 15K and it's on the weekend that I'm scheduled to run 18 miles. The second race is a half marathon. It's on the weekend that I'm scheduled to run 21 miles. So my question is, should I try to run an additional eight miles before each of those races? That would, of course, require getting up really early. Or could I do an additional eight miles that evening after my race with the after party in between because I have to do that? Or could I just do the additional, could I just not do the additional eight miles? This will be my 11th marathon, and I'm not doing any of the races with a time goal in mind, but I want to be happy with my time. I've always completed 100% of my training runs, and it really scares me to skip any of the assigned mileage. Any advice you have would be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. I love your podcast. You always make me laugh out loud during my runs. Bye. Awesome. Well, fun that um, 11th marathon. That's great. No time goal in mind. She just wants to be happy with her time, and mm -hmm. she's going to do a couple races along the way. So, um, yeah. And I feel, I do want to apologize to Kathleen. We got this question at the end of January and our race is March one, the day after leap day. So, so I hope she figured she out an answer. <laughs> she may have figured out the answer herself, but, but I just feel this is such a common question. I mean, I've dealt with this myself when I've been on a training plan. It's like, Oh, do I have to run to the start of the race to get in the, you know, the full 16 miles I'm supposed to be getting in. And so, you know, um, definitely kind of, you know, depend on how intensely she wants to run the races when you say want or whoever is having this question, once you say that part of that part of the answer depends on that, how, what their plan is for the, 
one of those races? The races, sure, sure. I mean, you can definitely use a half marathon to gauge your marathon time or kind of see where your fitness is coming along, if it fits well into the program, you know, but that day should be, you know, somewhere between, you know, a 13 mile and a 15 miler and give you some recovery afterwards. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, some easy runs app, not necessarily a week off, but you know, if you're going to go race a half marathon, you need to, um, definitely make space for that in your plan for recovery. Mm -hmm. The thing that has me here is that it's an 18 miler and it's a 21 miler. Those are long distances. And I don't know how many of those, you know, how many long runs she has in her program. So my inclination, because she wants to have a good day, you know, and a lot of that is just really going the distance again and again and again, or going close to the distance so that when marathon comes around, you're not like, oh my gosh, I'm at mile 16. I still have 10 to go. Right. So, so I would say I would try to get close to that mileage on those days. And that means Mm-hmm. that you, I wouldn't race those races. And it doesn't sound like she's kind of in a racing mode right now. It sounds like she's kind of correct. In, yeah. In I got mode. that so, sense too. Yeah. yeah. So that, I think that could fit really well. I mean, you know, so both of them are looking to, you know, for about another eight miles. Right. So I'm not saying you have to get eight exactly, but I would try to get somewhere between, between six and eight, you know, you could run three before three after you could do, um, six before. I mean, I know and it's because it sounds like she wants to do the after parties. I mean, you could run later in that day, but my guess is after oh. you've raced, that's not going to happen. Oh yeah. After you've raced and maybe had a beer or, yeah. you know, yeah. some, I don't know, paella that they're serving at the finish line or something, whatever, you know, that it, you're going to, it's going to sound like a good idea, maybe a couple of days before. And then on the day of it's like, wah, wah. Oh, yeah, no, and that sounds like so. a much better idea. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the other thing that you can do again, and it depends upon what her training program is, but you could possibly move those around, right? So maybe, mm. you know, the day after, or maybe the half marathon, um, maybe like the next week is a 13 mile, you know, like you're tapering that week or cutting back mm-hmm. that week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so you can play around with moving those around a little bit. I mean, you can't move them a ton because they t- tend to go in incremental order. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another option as well. If you're like, oh, I don't want to run six miles before a 15K. I get that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, just kind of play around with it and know that it's, it's, good, it's, good, it's good enough, right? You don't need to mm-hmm. definitely... Um, I sense I know, like that I, you, said, I sense that you might use that phrase. Your theory of good enough. The, um, the talk hashtag. a little bit about that. The yeah, good enough. The 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 you know that concept because it's very much a construct within the within train like a mother club, and it should be across all different training plans. That that really no one's expected to unless you're you know an elite or a sub elite. No one's expecting people to do every single workout exactly like it's written. Right. Sure. Sure. Well, it came about, I mean, honestly, it came about when we wrote the book train like a mother. And I was just, I remember looking at training plans at that time and there was no flexibility. Like Mm. it just was just, there was no, there was one day off. I mean, it depended upon the plan, but for the most part there. And so what I wanted us to have plans where I think the water bottle was that you had to get it done. And what was the one that coffee cup, coffee coffee cup. cup. Oh my gosh. Damn, we debated so long. What should it be? Should it be a pillow? Should it be a bed? You know, that's right. And a coffee cup meant that if you couldn't make it work, that's okay. But the, the water bottle workout was so every week had a coffee cup and a water bottle or has, <laughs> it's still in production, <laughs> um, has a coffee cup and a water bottle and you can bail on the coffee cup if need be and really do your yeah. best to get the water bottle done. And, and that, that, yeah, that's definitely gone through that thread goes through everything that we talk about at AMR and the train like a mother club and that, you know, um, yes, we are perfectionists as runners. Yes, it's nice to, you know, hit all the intervals and do all the things. But there's a lot of times where, you know, there are workouts that say 
five to eight intervals. And every one of us listening is probably like, oh, I've got to do eight. There, five is not, five does not going to do anything. I've got to do eight. Well, mm-hmm. guess what? Five does quite a bit, you know? And if you're mm-hmm. feeling sparky and great, then go do six, seven, or eight. But mm-hmm. if you are like under a time crunch or not feeling it in your legs or whatever, do five and call it good. And yeah, I mean, that's what I'm, good enough is good, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we, mm-hmm. I think we have to remember. And that's kind of, it's like the 80-20 rule, right? I mean, that's all, of, you know, that Matt Fitzgerald has that book as well. And there's just a lot of, you know, there's a lot of rhetoric around the 80-20. And I, I definitely feel like, you know, a strong B, B plus is a, is a nice effort yes, overall. Yes, yes, Good enough, good enough. It's got to be a B plus though, not just a B. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have extra credit, Miss Dimity? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. This one comes from Renee in Naperville, Illinois. Hi, my name's Renee. I'm calling from Naperville, Illinois. I'm mother owner of six. Uh, my question is regarding transitioning into a zero drop shoe. Um, I've been reading a lot about it lately. I've heard that it's it might very beneficial. I think it might be something I want to try, but I want to make sure I do it safely. Um, right now I'm running in a Brooks Ghost, which I believe is a 12 millimeter um, heel to toe drop. Went to my local running store and they uh, gave me a Saucony Convaro, which is a four millimeter heel to toe drop, and also an Ultra, which is zero, um, zero um, drop. So I'm wondering the best way to go about transitioning, how long approximately it might take, and any suggestions that you might have. Um, just for some background on me, um, I've been running um, very regularly for the last three years, um, about 20 to 25 miles a week. I've done a handful of half marathons, my first full marathon last fall. Um, so yeah, I'd be very interested to hear in any, any feedback that you might have. Thank you. All right. Zero drop running shoe. I mean, I felt this was, you know, this was so much a buzz phrase, um, a few years ago, but still very much in the, you know, lexicon of what people sometimes are looking for. So let's start with defining what a zero drop shoe is does not mean it that you don't ever drop it. It means the <laughs> shoe is a shoe that allows the foot to sit level on the ground without a slope from the heel to the forefoot. Um, these types of shoes were introduced nearly a decade ago by a brand that we used to partner with called Ultra. And um, zero drop shoes gain in popularity because some people believe that an elevated heel leads to injuries and that zero drop shoes allow a runner to be more efficient in her stride. Okay. So there's your, okay. there's your lesson for the day. Now that we're all on the same page. Um, you get a B plus. You get a B plus. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, so, Dim, you and I have had have both run in zero drop shoes, and we've had different experiences with different brands. For sure. For sure. And, you know, it's interesting that um, going back to, you know, so she's running in Brooks Ghost, which maybe, I don't know, maybe that wasn't working for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to Saucony Canvara and then the Ultra. I mean, so that's that's a lot of difference. And actually, that's a really good thing. I think mm-hmm. as having, you know, so, I mean, if you kind of keep the Brooks ghost in, um, in the rotation too, if, unless it's not working for you, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing as switching up your workouts, right? It's switch, switching up the, um, the drop of your shoe is just going to keep, keep your muscles guessing to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I really do like zero drop shoes and you know, it is, it is definitely a personal preference. Um, it, it definitely promotes a, what a quote unquote natural running stride, right? They're kind of, a um, spinoff off of those um, Vibram five finger shoes, you know, that had no yep. cushioning, right? Yep. But their whole thing was like barefoot running mm-hmm. with a little protection. And, you know, the way that you run on your natural feet is, who knows if that's wrong or right, but 
you know, that seems to work better for me. Right. 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 So, right. um, yeah. And I, I like it. I also liked the, um, I really like more than anything. I love the wide toe box that, right. that ultra right. offers. I mean, that's, that is like, that seals the deal. And I kind of grew into the zero drop. Um, mm-hmm. and, and to be clear that it, they have a lot of cushioning, right. Um, right. That was, that was the thing. That was the thing that if for a while, zero drop though, meant very minimal cushioning. Yes. Yes. And no. so that when I first ran zero drop, I'm like, Mm-mm-mm. I like a really lively forefoot in my shoe. And that means that there's gotta be some cushioning because just my foot by itself is not very <laughs> lively. Sure. So, yeah, so they've, it's come, you know, zero drop used to be fairly narrowly defined and now the, the category is just blown up and there's so many more options. I mean, Hoka even has Hoka, which is kind of the moon boot of running shoes, right? Right. They have zero drop, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and then last year you and I started running in Topo athletic shoes and those are zero drop. Um, They, I really love the cushioning in them. They're for me, very lively. I run the Magnafly three has more cushioning than many zero drop has a, I looked this up. It has a 25 millimeter of stack height. Um, So, and I do, do what you suggest him. I alternate those with the traditional running shoes. So, um, you know, just, I have two pairs of shoes in rotation. So keep them guessing. Yeah. And going, so the first time you go out in your ultras, Renee, I mean, it depends upon, you know, there are two schools of thought and I don't think that, you know, you can just jump into the deep end and go out for five miles. Your calves are going to hurt a whole lot of you, <laughs> you know, because they're stretched out a little bit more because they're not as, um, they're not as uh, compressed, elevated, as elevated mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, they're they're just a little bit longer. But um, I mean, I guess that's that's not the way that I would recommend. I'm just saying that you know you're not going to die if you go do that. Um, but what I would recommend is walking in them first. You know, if you have a dog or you know go for like a, a walk around your neighborhood, a nice 40, 45 minute walk, then break them in. You know, um, go out for maybe a three miler. You know, a couple times, and then a four miler and a five. And 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 again, bringing in the Saucony four millimeter, um, the Kinvaras, you know, and just kind of paying attention. Um, and as you're doing this, you know, really, um, you know, pay attention to your stride and pay attention to, um, foam rolling afterwards, just mm. because your, your calves will get tight. Likely your shins will mm-hmm. probably get a little tight. Um, you know, your body's just going to feel a little bit different. It's not going to be like, wow, this is crazy different, but you know, the more that you can kind of keep your muscles loose and ready for your next run, the better off you'll be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of discipline, Dimity, that you would be able to be like ease into them. Like the, I'm going, well, well, that's why I was saying you jump in the deep end. That's an option. <laughs> I mean, I think I did. I mean, I did I mean, but I've been running them for so long. I do mm-hmm. definitely remember taking my time. I mean, I remember definitely taking my time. Um, they're still around as Newtons. Those are the ones that have the little oh, something yeah. under the forefoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one, I, when I wore those, I definitely was, you know, um, you know, I didn't go on a long run. <laughs> you, go, you go three blocks, come back, switch your shoes. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I would just, you know, you make it an easy run. You make it that, you know, somewhere in the 20, 20 to 40 minute range, you know, yeah. and keep it easy. Don't, you know, don't push the pace and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, every shoe is going to be a little bit different, but um, she'll be, I'm, I'm excited to see how it goes for her and let us yeah. know. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. One of the questions we often get asked is, how do I get the stink out of my workout wear? We hear you, mother runner. After we work up a sweat, our athletic gear can reek, but stink be gone. We found a solution. Wind sports detergent removes sweat, oils, bacteria, and salts from workout wear, so it feels and smells fresh as new. The key to win is how it lifts out oils. Let me take you through a bit of science. 
Wicking fabrics, like the ones most of us run in, attract oils. It's cruel irony that the very properties that allow synthetic fabrics to wick away moisture cause them to attract oils. Adding insult to injury, as bacteria from your skin consume these oils, they create gases which give synthetics that telltale <clears throat> sweaty smell. Win for the win. The active ingredients in win separate oils from synthetics. These oil-removing ingredients aren't found in most supermarket detergents. By removing oils, wind makes your apparel smell and perform like new. This is because in addition to causing odor, these oils impede performance. By removing them, wind makes your apparel wick better and last longer. And it works on any stinky stuff in your laundry. Dimity uses it on her daughter's volleyball pads, and we both use it on the covers of our dog beds. Wind stops stink in its tracks. Starting this month, a 1.5 ounce sample of wind is included in every order from our Mother Runner store and you can save 20% off any Win products on Amazon using code AMRGOWIN. That's all one word. Limit one redemption per customer. Again, that code on Amazon is AMRGOWIN. A-M-R-G-O-W-I-N. All right, this is from Shelby in Jupiter, Florida. Hi, this is Shelby from Jupiter, Florida. Um, my question is, is I have some pretty lofty goals for running. Um, I have a couple marathons I want to do, eventually qualify for Boston, um, and maybe even farther than that. And I wanted to know what's your recommendation for picking like your steps of your goal, like what you should do first, second, third, or, or of importance, or how do you kind of go about, uh, picking your soon goal and not letting your far out goals kind of outweigh your current. Thanks. Have a great day. Always love listening to you guys. Bye-bye. Okay. So awesome. We love big goals. Mm -hmm. uh, what are they called? Big, hairy, hairy, audacious goals. Yes. Right. That's from coach Liz. Yes. Yes. <laughs> big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, and so that's great. Um, and the biggest thing with that is putting it out there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But then realizing what steps you take to get to say that, say, you know, that your big hairy audacious goal, Boston, or farther than that is um, at letter Q. So how do you get from letter A to B? And then mm -hmm. how are you going to get from B to C and C mm -hmm. to D? And then all the way it's going to end up at Q for qualifying. <laughs> I love that you chose, I guess, versus uh, the, the agent on 007. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I, again, that first step is putting it out there, you know, just stating it, telling some people, writing it down, whatever that is. And then how about working on logistics and setting up a timeline? And in that timeline, I think it's important to take into account other obligations and financial constraints. Yeah, for sure. You know, because like, oh, I want to run four marathons this year. Oh yeah, that those cost money. I got to travel to those. So, um, you know, particularly Shelby, if you're eyeing away races, decide what your budget and maybe your vacation days allow for travel. And then from there, make a long-term race calendar and plug races into it. So take all the, um, you know, qualifiers and constraints that you might have, and then um, sit down with that calendar and for one year, as well as several years out. I think that's important since she does have these long-term goals. Exactly. And it could be, you know, we could be looking into 2024, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it does or even later, like it doesn't have to be next year or the next year. You can kind of lose the Amazon prime mentality and kind of <laughs> say like, what makes sense for me both personally and physically? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you know, she doesn't talk about her times at all, but I mean, the best thing is you got to chip away at it slowly, right? You know, um, you know, certainly we have people that take 
half an hour, hour off their marathon time from number one to two. But as you get faster and you have to run fairly fast to get to Boston, it gets harder and harder to chip away time. So you have to kind of be like, we can't say, oh, you know, well, you could take five minutes off this year, but next year you might get 10. Like there's no, there's no form. There's no Greg McMillan formula that tells you that, unfortunately, <laughs> you know, really unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then also every step isn't necessarily forward. You know, maybe you have exactly a bat, you know, unfortunately there are those bad races. So, oh, I cut four minutes off. Oh my goodness. I added seven and you know, uh, so there's, there's, yes, you say there's no formula that predicts it. And, and the other thing that, again, we kind of talked about recovery when that first question, but I mean, you have to also kind of check yourself, your personality wise mm-hmm. and see what makes sense because some people are like, okay, I want Boston. I want Boston. I want Boston. And they will run, you know, three marathons a year or more, you know, to mm-hmm. keep chipping away. And that's okay if you are physically and mentally ready for that, but that's right. a pretty grindy schedule. Grindy is a word, you know? <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I mean, typical a schedule is, you know, two marathons a year or maybe even one, right. You know, it just mm-hmm. depends upon what's interesting to you and, and what works for you. So, and, and then making sure no matter what, that you have some time off because, yeah. you know, if you are going to get to letter Q, you need to have some downtime as hard as that is for us runners a lot. You need to have some downtime so that you can tackle your next training cycle, you know, with, you know, with some, with some saliva and getting, you know, you're kind of drooling, getting ready to train again. Um, you know, Tiffany, I'd like to say you were in fine form today. Oh, I thanks, just, thanks. I just love it on your like clever, the Amazon prime time, time <laughs> frame and the saliva. So you're salivating for it. I just love it. Oh, thanks. thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can't credit it to anything other than, um, you know, it's February. <laughs> so yeah, that I think that, I think that, what you're speaking to also is important because Shelby was asking about, well, how can you have long-term goals without short-term goals kind of getting, you know, getting in the way or squashing those long-term goals? And I think having that enthusiasm, keeping that, you know, a flame on simmer the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, is important. And then being able to turn that up sometimes and make the flame be hotter, but, but keep it simmering the whole time because you know, if you are planning, if, if, you know, so let's say she's even thinking of an ultra or something like that. And so that's in 2024, 2025, yeah, that's a long time from now. And so to keep having that enthusiasm still as the day to day goes by, I think is so important. Sure. Sure. And I mean, the other thing, you know, um, again, going back to the, like zooming in versus zooming out, you know, when you zoom in, you know, so, um, you say, okay, just to make it easy, say she has to run a four hour Boston qualifying time. I realize she probably has to be like 99 to do that at this point, but, um, (laughs) um, but you know, 99 years old. Um, but you know, so say she's at, at four 30, let's just make it easy. Okay. So, you know, so next year I want to get between a four twenty and a four twenty five. Well, how am I going to get there? I'm going to get there by, and then setting small term goals. I'm going to strength train two or three times a week. I'm going to, um, get a massage once a month. I'm going to um, race a 10K every other month to see where my speed is or a half marathon mm-hmm. or, you know, I, these, I'm kind of throwing these out. These are not mm-hmm. definitely, you know, definitely things you need to do. But I, I think, you know, unpacking, what does it take to get a little bit faster mm-hmm. and then a little bit faster and then, and then make those short-term goals lead to the big-term goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's so important, you know, choose a race plan, decide whether or not you need a coach. I mean, a coach or taking part in the train like a mother club that those can be so fantastic for keeping you 
your long-term goals within your reach while pursuing those shorter-term goals. Totally, totally. Yeah. And um, and then the last thing is is to keep, write it down, right? I mean, obviously you're going to write down your goals and write down some steps that take you, you know, to, to letter Q. Mm-hmm. But also um, really to keep a journal. I mean, I'm I'm a big fan of the pen to the paper. I know you can keep them on Garmin and I know you can keep them on Strava and you can see all your splits. But and I know actually now that you they've made it so you can put in how you felt. So if that's your thing, put it in there. But but keep track of how you're feeling because you're going to probably go through a, tr- a couple training cycles to get to Boston. So remember that, um, you know, if you do a long run and you ate, I don't know, Indian food the night before and you're like, whoa, that did not go well. Like write it down, right? Because yeah, yeah. You, you forget that, right? And, and write down your race experience, especially, especially. Mm-hmm. And I know people mm-hmm. are like, oh, I'm going to do it. And then literally within two or three days of being back home, you know, you're already caught up in, real life. Right. And you're like, wait a second. I wanted to remember that I really went out way too fast and I've got to remember next time next to do that, or Mm -hmm. that I needed another another Mm -hmm. gel at mile 17 or whatever it is. But then you have a history of what you've done and, and what went well and what didn't go well. And you can keep building on the former. And I, you know, I mean, that's just invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. And then reviewing those things. I mean, it's one thing to have them, but then looking back, just like you did when we're flying out to San Francisco, each flying out to San Francisco for the marathon that kicked off this whole wonderful AMR party. But you going back and looking at your training journal reminded you of things because as you say, you think you're going to remember all these things. Oh my gosh, I forgot, you know, how, how much I kicked butt on that workout and oh yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, so good luck, Shelby. We'll see yeah. how, let us know how it goes. And um, that's fun. I love, yeah. I love the, the, this discussion. Yes, yes, yes. Um, So, all right, we have an urgent call for questions. There were not all that many to choose from, ladies. So, please. These were good questions. We're not. We're not dissing these. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Some more. We need some more. We need uh, spring variety. Uh, So, please call. uh, The number is four seven zero badass one. That translates to four seven zero two two three two seven seven one. Please leave your first name where you're calling from and keep your message to 90 seconds or less. And the, there's no phone that rings. It does. It will not wake anyone up. It will not make my dog bark. So you can call at any time, day or night. Awesome. And then check out our new show, AMR Trains, hosted by me. Um, it alternates with this show every Tuesday and covers a host of training topics, sometimes with a coach um, as a guest, other times with a real mother runner talking about a recent race. Um, or the training cycle she's in. It's super fun, super good, vicarious, inspirational living. Um, subscribe to another Mother Runner podcast wherever you get podcasts and you'll catch every episode. Keep the questions coming. We're here with answers. <laughs>